You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. As promised, today's episode is all about the 2022 film Beast. Um, Beast is uh, available on Hulu, and it is a film starring Idris Elba and uh, some other uh, folks that uh, whose names I don't know offhand, but uh, it's an interesting cast and um, a film I'm excited to talk about with Noah because I just saw his eyebrows raise. Um, so we'll, we'll start with this. Um, Noah. You just watched Beast when? Yesterday? I watched it yesterday with Grace. Okay, and we're recording this in early February. Um, what were your uh, thoughts going into this film? So, admittedly, admittedly, I'm the one who recommended we watch this for the pod. So, Right, and if you listen to our last episode, um, we did talk about me watching it, I believe, or maybe that was after the podcast. But regardless, I was not um, incredibly excited to go into this film. Uh, this kind of genre, uh, to me, hasn't been historically too exciting but i do like idris elba and i feel like he elevates most of the films he's in even if it's not a fantastic film based around it so um otherwise i was looking forward to seeing how he'd do in it and i remember when it released also this film stars charlotte copley who was uh cast in district nine he was the main character and his career has been about as successful since district nine as the director of that movie neil blomkamp so um, it was interesting to see the cast and just how that all worked out. I knew the premise. It's simple. It's lean. It's tight. So I didn't mind that at all. But I was not really looking forward to going into it. But the short runtime definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of District 9, now there's a movie. We'll talk about that at another point in time. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So here's the synopsis of Beast. Recently widowed Dr. Nate Daniels and his two teenage daughters travel to South Africa to a South African game reserve managed by Martin Battles, an old family friend and wildlife biologist. However, what begins as a journey of healing soon turns into a fearsome fight for survival when a lion, a survivor of bloodthirsty poachers, begins uh, stalking them. So that's the synopsis. I have to tell you that I... I having watched this film probably now last weekend so maybe 10 days ago now um i I kind of in hindsight think of this as the jaws of the safari world or the of yeah i do like that that's pretty cool because um i guess without going into spoilers it does involve one rogue beast i suppose you can say that stands out among all others that is far more dangerous and when you're in its territory obviously it's going to get to you so um i thought that was an intriguing sort of setup and i kind of figured that's how it would be but um i do want to just sort of go into uh, a couple details before we sort of share what we thought about it how about it so beast was released last year i believe it was august 19th of 2022 and it made it was on it was created on a budget of 36 million dollars and it made 59 million dollars so um probably a modest success probably broke even with marketing costs and everything um so it wasn't wildly popular but i do remember it being released um in a wide setting of theaters So obviously, you know, Idris Elba is a star at this point, but it's interesting because I feel like this movie really caters to the audience who wants to just catch a random movie over the weekend. 
Um, and I'm kind of surprised that it didn't do better than it did. But overall, it runs at a very lean uh, runtime of 93 minutes, which is uh, tops with us for sure. My kind of movie. <laughs> and um, it, it's just it's just one of those movies where it just kind of came and went, right? I think people probably remember the title per se, um, but it didn't really uh, have a huge impact with a wide audience like uh, so many other movies have uh, recently. So um, that was kind of interesting looking into it. And I wanted to see if it turned out to be really good because it got relatively decent reviews uh, from most uh, critics, I believe. I think it got a... It has a 68% on the tomato meter. Yeah, and obviously 60% being fresh. That means it's, you know, well enough above uh, that minimum threshold but audiences i believe um had this in the negatives i think it was uh in the 50s or so for this one um but i i found that fascinating um and i just wanted to see sort of what we'd think for ourselves going into it mm -hmm. so without further ado what did you think of beast what did i think of beast um I, you know there's a lot I can say about why I wanted to watch this. And it has less to do with the, the runtime and more to do with, I, I like Idris Elba. I like the concept. Um, one of the things on my bucket list is truly an African safari. I almost had an opportunity to do that about 20 years ago, and I missed that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it is 100% probably tops on my uh, my bucket list of things I'd like to do. Uh, that said, I, I found this movie to be... Um, absolutely ridiculous <laughs> and completely contrived worth for me it was entertaining enough because it was only 90 minutes but give me a break this was really ridiculous really predictable and really woefully unrealistic and ludicrous uh, how's that for a description of this film yeah fair enough um, on my end I thought it was a good movie uh, I didn't think, like you said, it's very predictable. It doesn't necessarily do anything completely new or blow your expectations away, but I thought it did everything on a relatively competent level. Um, I was pretty impressed with that for the most part, and I appreciated how they did treat animals in this. I feel like they gave a lot more thought towards the preservation and how to interact with animals, especially in you know such a, a wild wilderness setting or I guess African safari setting, I thought that was actually very special. And I thought they gave it pretty good attention, uh, more so than other films would. Um, and overall, I did like sort of the backstory a little bit. Of course, it was a bit exposition heavy here and there. But overall, I thought the movie did everything well at, to at least the minimum standard. And it made for a good movie that is palatable to perhaps most people. There are some ridiculous things that happen. But weirdly enough, I don't feel like all of the movie relied on people being completely stupid, even though very stupid things did happen. No, uh, and, and there are there are certainly a lot of things that you just said I agree with. I mean, I I enjoyed this movie, and um, you know, at the end of this this episode, I'll, we'll talk about whether or not we recommend it. But for me, it was um, about what I expected it to be. I didn't think that it was um, as uh, executed as well as I as I would have liked. At the same time, I did think that it was a reasonably believable or plausible in the sense of the whole poachers and sort of what they did to this lion's family. So it was going to retaliate kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, there was a, there was some um, uh, 
some believability in it, which went off the rails at a certain point, especially in the final scene. You have to tell me that the final scene, which we'll get to momentarily in spoilers, was... You have to tell me you agree with that, because if you don't, I, I'm not sure that we can, you know, see eye to eye on any film going forward. I agree with you at face value, but I thought that was awesome. I thought that was so cool. I I, I know it's ridiculous. Like, I know it's it is ridiculous. absolutely ridiculous. But um, yeah, and we'll obviously go into that a little bit more. But you know what? I feel like I just kind of let my walls down a little bit with um, this film, because there's so much from a critical standpoint that you could point out in terms of flaws and just say, this was stupid. This was so dumb. And technically we should be consistent with that across all movies, but maybe it was just the mood that I was in. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed this movie and you know what? It's not, I did too. It's don't not get me trying wrong. to be anything more than it presents itself to be. No. And no. I didn't think it tried to become this smart thriller sort of suspense drama. You know, it kind of just showed all of its cards in the beginning and that's exactly what we got. And I can appreciate that because ultimately I was entertained. I didn't think the pacing was always perfect, but mm -hmm. when it was fun, it was a lot of fun. And I felt that it was interspersed with some really dumb moments of uh, pretty bad CGI, but also some really cool um, just uh, moments of intense action. So overall, I liked it. I thought it did a good job doing what it set out to do. And that's really all you can ask for from this type of film. I don't disagree. Let's talk. Let's go into spoilers now. So if you have not seen this film and you are intrigued by what we have set up to this point uh, and want to watch it and don't want to hear more about it, go watch it and then come back and listen to this section of the pod. But I, I guess for me, I just thought, OK, first of all, if there is a wild animal roaming around you and you you get into a space where there's a door. Mm -hmm you need to close the door behind you. And there were multiple times in this film where they were inside, yet they left the door open. And I was saying to the TV, close the door. It's like a horror movie, turn on the light. And I know that you have to do that because although a lion arguably could certainly get through the door or through, you know, could make its way in in, a, in an alternative way. But all of that said, it was just sort of silly. The end scene, I got to jump right to the end scene. Um, I thought that uh, um, it, it was when he basically battles the lion himself. Mm -hmm. So this is this, this wild animal and he's got to save his daughters, which of course any one of us can respect and appreciate mm -hmm. because there were times in this film I thought, whoa, they are in a situation. How are they going to get out of this? And I mm -hmm. think that alone makes it a good enough film to watch, right? Because if you're that invested in it, you're thinking, okay, uh, how is this going to play out? But and I guess ultimately he was willing to sacrifice himself, which a father would do. I get that. But this lion was ripping him to shreds. <laughs> and at the end of the film, he's just walking around with a cane. <laughs> There is no way this guy could have survived a wild animal attack. So I guess maybe it was so wild, so fierce that I lost it, lost all plausibility with me because I thought, okay, well, in the end, it's a shame. Idris Elba is going to die. And then his daughters will, you know, um, you know, have this horrific experience uh, in, in uh, you know, the African safari and, and kind of thing. But no, the hero does not die. 
he survives. He goes to the hospital. He gets fixed up and he's walking around in a cane in, by the way, the same plains as where those lions had been roaming about 10 minutes earlier. So I, I rest my case. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And um, a couple things on that. Uh, at the very end, that was where his uh, wife took that picture so yeah. long ago. And obviously, it was sort of like a sense of uh, closure and everything like that uh, with his true family. Um, and I did pick up on closing those doors, you know, not keeping them open because you got to keep your visibility low, even if the lion can charge through. I get that. That's uh, that was dumb. And I was thinking the same thing. And you know what? That happens in every type of movie like this. But uh, as towards the final battle on a realism perspective, yes, he would have gotten mauled and killed within the first attack that the lion uh, brought out at him. But at the same time, I kind of appreciated how it was a legitimate struggle. I mean, like there was many times when it's just like he was getting absolutely battered by that thing. And it was just like, yes, this is not something that almost anybody would survive. But it's also just like I kind of suitably liked it how I mean, he was he was never really in control that entire time. You know, at the end of the day, it was that lion was in the territory of the lions that were well trained and cared for and raised since cubs. And I was like, you know what, I, I can. I can sort of see that from the animalistic sort of perspective that they're talking about here, why that would have happened. But, um, you know, obviously him just rolling around with the lion and just getting beaten up and everything that's dumb on, I guess, a surface level. But I thought that was kind of cool. It's just like Idris Elba went one on one with a lion. And, <laughs> you know, they were both I mean, they were both battling. They were both struggling. So I thought that was cool. I I I enjoyed it. I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty fun to watch. I, I did too. I just thought that there would be no struggle. The lion would come, it would take his paw, which is, you know, huge, and claw the, his back, and he would be rendered unable to move, and that would be the end. And then he would just eat him. Yes. So, but I know that does not make a movie, so exactly. And I think dependent on the type of viewer you are or just uh, where your believability threshold is at any given time, uh, that can either be a great scene or a <laughs> a very bad scene. But personal breaker, yeah. Personally, I don't feel like it was a deal breaker for you, but I do feel like no. we were opposite ends of the spectrum. Where it was just, I was just like, okay, yeah, it's dumb, but it's super cool. And you're just like, okay, that's dumb, and that's super implausible. So it's just, and, you know. And when we get to our rating, I think we're going to probably be fairly similar. I, I I did enjoy this film. I'm glad I watched it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I what did you think of the acting? I thought the acting was good from Charlotte Copley, who played Martin in the film. I thought Idris Elba did a the best job he could have, honestly. Um, I thought the daughters were here and there. I, I thought sometimes they were decent. Sometimes their lines just sounded a little bit forced. But overall, I thought it was serviceable i didn't think it was bad really in the least bit and i did appreciate the sort of relationship dynamic between he and martin and his ex-wife and um what was going on with his kids mm -hmm. um so I, I i did kind of like that camaraderie and how they all had like worked together and i i, I did appreciate sort of how that was fleshed out mm -hmm. even if it was kind of like a oh of course it's this exposition dump you know i'm not I wasn't there for my kids and it's all my fault. Like it, it wasn't, you know, but at the same time, I appreciated how Martin represented this one side of things. And then Nate represented the other. Um, the only thing in this movie that I really thought was kind of unexplored and done very, very poorly was when the daughters were talking about the anti-poachers 
the mm-hmm. people, the yep. you know, preservationists who kill the pro the poachers. And then they ask Martin about and early on in the movie, and he's like, eh, yeah, you know, kind of like shrugs it off and everything. Yeah. And then they kind of like, you know, the poachers come in, they open the door, like, we recognize that man. He's an anti-poacher, like he's killing us. And I'm just yeah. you're just kind of like, huh? Like, oh, okay, that's a that's a twist, but anything else on that? And then you get nothing on it. And it's just kind of like, oh, okay. I guess Martin was simultaneously preserving wildlife and getting rid of the poachers that were all around as well. But that was more just like a throwaway. Oh, he's one of those. And it's just like never exploit again. I'm like, all right, well. It was a missed opportunity to, I think, flesh out a film. Uh, But I also think maybe that was left on the editing floor. I I was about to say, I think they meant to do more with that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But when it comes to making a decision like that, I believe they made the right decision. Keep it tight. Make us wonder, but keep us happy. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't need an entire backstory through it, no. but it was kind of just like anti-poachers. And he's like, maybe. And then people are just like, oh, well, he's an anti-poacher. And yeah. then it's just like, that's it. It's like, okay, yeah. that's that's fine. There's, there's 20 extra minutes somewhere on the on the cutting room floor of all of that exposition. Oh, I just want to say one more really dumb thing um, <laughs> that I noticed in this movie. <laughs> so remember when Martin is initially going out and looking for the beast that killed that guy that they encounter on the side of the road? And he's in yeah. these... He's in these swamplands. So he's looking for this beast. Oh, and then let's the, talk alloc- about this. the let's talk about this. Crocodiles like go, you know, it's like a tiny- not a chance. There's like three or four crocodiles that just go right into the water. And then not 30 seconds later, this man wades in waist deep to go looking for something. And I'm just Your like, mom said the same thing. She was like, what is happening? Here? I mean, it's like, look, I know you're like crocodile Dundee over here, but like, you got to know with respect to wildlife and all that you have learned about this is that they will eat you. Like, you know, you don't have to be as scared of them as like a regular civilian, but like they will eat you. And I think, yeah. you know, that, so yeah. I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. The, the threat, and there was no threat either. I mean, you see the crocodiles, you know, they're just sort of there, Yet he's just sort of waiting in the water with, frankly, very little apprehension about the crocodiles, it seemed. And and they don't even appear. If, for a minute there, you think, okay, well, we're going to see them again. You're gonna, they're going to raise their eyes mm-hmm. and we're going to be like, oh, you know, add some tension. No, it was just really more of a why would why is this happening? Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that when he was kind of camped down on the island, when he was being yeah. used as bait from the beast, that the crocodiles would present themselves again, because that probably would have been the time when they definitely did that. But no, it didn't really happen. It was just kind of like, okay, but yep. um, yeah, that was back to the truck. Yep. Yeah. That was something I noticed. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so Noah, in the end, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about the ending, you know, the resolution or the conclusion is that Idris Elba, he, um, you know, he tries, he, he's willing to sacrifice himself for the safety of his daughters. He goes out, he fights the lion. Um, the He's losing to the lion, but he's not losing enough to the lion. So mm-hmm. the pride of lions who are a family and hadn't been poached. Uh, come over and take care of the the bad lion, if you will, the mm-hmm. scar of it all. And um, and then Idris ends up in the hospital and then he uh, survives. And they have a photo taken of the same tree where his wife had long ago taken a, a beautiful photo of a tree that uh, was acknowledged early in the film. Yeah, I thought the ending was nice. And I yeah. thought that was a it was a very candid moment because they were trying to recreate the photo. But mm-hmm the wildlife itself presented, you know, presented itself to them and it caught a, like a really real moment on camera. Yeah. And I thought that, yeah. I thought that was a nice final frame. So that was, yeah. that was good to see. 
I thought so too. I will also say the real, I, I you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, I thought of this as almost like the, a, a version of Jaws. And mm -hmm. of course, the, the trick with this that, you know, in Jaws, the shark is in the water and you're in a boat, right? Mm -hmm. the, the people are in a boat. Mm -hmm. Here, you, I mean, yes, their vehicle, you know, sort of ran off the road or, or whatever, but it's, it's literally man versus beast. There's nothing separating you. Right. You know? And so it, it, it was, it had a little bit of a Jurassic park thing going on there too. Right. Um, but in the end that that's the distinction. And um, you know, so it's probably an, un, first of all, it's very unfair to compare any film, especially beast to jaws, mm -hmm. but I enjoyed both of them for the same reasons. Absolutely. I see Beast as a Dollar Tree version of Life of Pi almost, right? You're there still, you go. You're still dealing with a cat, you know, there's uh, right. but the themes are much different, even though animals are a heavy sort of presentation. In yes. The all right. So, so Noah, with all that said, on a scale of one to five Zs, how many Zs would you give Beast? Um, I would give Beast, I'm saying generously three Zs because... Um, I, I think that's where about where it falls for me. There was enough for me to really enjoy, but mm -hmm. there was also enough for me to really raise my eyebrows at. And I think I did less of the latter, but overall it's not this amazing, fantastic movie that I'd probably ever watch again, but I did enjoy my time with it. And I'm glad I saw it because I don't think I gave it, I don't really think I gave it a fair shot before going into it. Yeah, I think I had to bring it up as a potential viewing or film to view on the podcast for the podcast. Otherwise, I don't think you would have watched it, right? I yeah. yeah, I don't think it would. All right, I'm going to give it two and a half Z's. I, you know, I, like you, I, I, I might give it three because I'm glad I watched it again. I'm not going to probably watch it again. Um, it, it was, it was fine. It was. I'm going with two and a half Z's. So it's funny because I really thought you were going to sort of uh, be much more negative on this film than than you have turned out to be. So I like that. Um, but you're giving it three Z's. I'm giving it two and a half. That's Beast available for viewing on Hulu uh, 2022. Check it out. Well, don't check that. Well, you can check that out, but we have to check out some other things too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I, I I do think that's kind of interesting how you were the one who recommended that I watch this because mm -hmm. I voluntarily watched it first. Right. Um, and it turns out I liked it better than you did. Yeah. So, Isn't that the way? Yeah. yeah. That makes for an interesting conversation. It does. All right. Um, do you want to share your check it out first? I do. I do. So uh, your mom and I discovered, you know, we really like to get into a show. And I think you probably know, and I'll tell our listeners, I have really struggled with Breaking Bad. I just, I just can't do it. I, it's fine. I don't love it. I know. I know. I'm probably the only person on the planet, but um, so we were looking for a show and I went through Apple TV and, you know, there's almost nothing on Apple TV, uh, at least in my opinion, but we discovered Blackbird starring Taron Edgerton. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a six episode series. There will be no second season or anything like that. It's based on the book by the same name. It also star stars Paul Walter Hauser, who I believe was nominated for an Oscar for playing William Jewell, the, um, um, Olympic park bomber. Yeah. So all of that said, this is a must watch. This is a really, really good show. Intense. And I got to tell you, the acting is phenomenal. So it is uh, essentially the story of um, a prisoner, uh, you know, some sort of young cocky guy who who is sentenced to 10 years in prison mm -hmm. or uh, they will let him off if he if he accepts the idea of going being transferred to another prisoner, another prison to suss out the um, uh, the admission of guilt by 
um, another prisoner who who's imprisoned because they have you know discovered he's guilty uh, for a number of things, but they have evidence that he is guilty of other uh, killings, and they want uh, James uh, Taron Edgerton, who plays Jimmy Keen, to suss it out. So if I haven't confused you yet, it's really good. It's uh, Ray Lo. I can speak today. Ray Liotta's last performance, mm-hmm. um, uh, who he passed away in 2022. This was, uh, it premiered on Apple TV plus last July. So it's called Blackbird. I highly recommend it. Six one hour episodes worth a watch. Check it out. Interesting. I, I forgot that Ray Liotta was gone. He seemed so young. I had to, uh, I think it was 67 or something. So he was very young. Yeah. Did you ever see Goodfellas? I did not. Yeah. I you think know why? I- I don't do mafia movies. It's a I don't do drug thing. movies, war movies, or mafia movies. Well, it's a fantastic film, and I think that's what kind of got him his real Hollywood start. Um, but yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's interesting. I uh, might check that out. I think oh, you should. It's really good. Apple TV is just um, not impressed me so far. But I know. That's a conversation for another day, even though, uh, well, if you want to hear a little bit more about why, you can listen to our severance episodes. But um, if you want to be bored to tears like you uh, would be when watching the show, then uh, <laughs> maybe steer clear. Um, anyway, but uh, anyway, so my check it out for today, we're talking about a creature film, creature feature. And uh, there's been a lot of those over time, whether it's Piranha or Lake Placid or Jaws, of course. But sort of in that vein, I want to give my recommendation a little check it out of a creature feature that I highly enjoyed that probably not many people watch because they saw the first one. And I'm talking about Jaws 2. I think Jaws 2 is a really, really good sequel. Uh, I watched it probably three times. I loved it as a kid and I watched it probably three or four years ago, and I still liked it a lot. I think it was, I think it's better than it has any right to be. And um, I think it's the strongest sequel in that franchise, because I think there's probably four Jaws movies or so now. At least. Yeah. So if you've never seen Jaws 2, because you heard bad things about the sequels, or you just see it as one of those uh, lesser sort of follow-ups to an original classic, I can understand that. But Jaws 2 is actually an excellent movie and a really good follow-up. I like Jaws 1 a lot better for obvious reasons, but uh, Jaws 2 really does a much better job than probably most people remember or would give it credit for. And if you're interested in watching it, unfortunately, it is not streaming anywhere for quote-unquote free with your subscription plan. You'd have to uh, pay for it via YouTube or any other place you can rent movies, but you can get it for the cheapest on Amazon Prime Video for $2.89 compared to $3.99. So if you're interested in uh, more creature features after listening to this episode, check it out. Jaws 2. Great. Well, you know, it's funny. I've only ever seen Jaws 2 one time. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I don't know when Jaws 2 came out, 1978, 1979, whatever. But it has been that long. So I think I might... Uh, check it out at some point, which is the whole purpose of this section, right? So good. All right. Well, listen, thank you all very much for listening. We hope that uh, this has been an entertaining listen uh, as we were as entertained as I think we possibly could be with this film, Beast, starring Idris Elba. Um, Next week, we are going to continue our February um, uh, theme of short, 
relatively short films. Next week's episode is The Invitation, but it's the 2015 version, not the 2022 version. Um, and I think the 2022 is, in fact, a remake of 2015. I don't know. Um, but there is apparently a very big difference in those films. So um, tune in next week to listen to what we think of The Invitation from 2020. No, from 2015. So <laughs> until then, once again, we appreciate you listening. I'm Greg. I'm Noah. And this is ZZ Talk.